Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Uh, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I'm struggling with my voice today. I know other people are struggling with their voices as well. Some people have been uh, dethroned and crowned and flagged, and other people are watching Crooks in Denmark. So, hey, oh, he's got shorts. Well, unveiling. <laughs> he's unveiling. <laughs> Oh my God, guys, what a day. Um, I'm struggling with my voice. I've got to keep it lubricated. Um, San Miguel, like as in Miguel Arteta, is uh, helping me along tonight because it, it's it's been a struggle. Trev, it feels like mm, I haven't seen you in about five hours. Yeah. Um, first, I'm not very well. <laughs> I, can't, I can't talk much tonight. It's... Um... It's, it was one of the best days yesterday, and uh, this old boy is absolutely knackered. I'm done. <laughs> it was it was funny, and it was funny indeed. Uh, Dan, um, we'll come back to you in a second because I want to talk to you about your new flag and it being cloned, and um, uh, Block Five uh, hat as well, uh, Alex. Unfortunately, this week, um, you had to be afar. You had to be back over in Denmark for this one. Uh, you are with us for the Spurs game in a couple of weeks' time, or three weeks' time. Um, yeah. It must have been difficult on that WhatsApp group, was it? <laughs> oh, I wish I was there, mate. I wish I was there. I was in um, I was in a different pub than I usually uh, go to because I went with some of my mates. Um, and there was uh, quite a lot of United fans as well. And they went absolutely crazy when Garnacho scored that goal in the 80, 88th minute. And uh, sort of went up, went up in our faces and everything, and then it, uh, of course, was offside. And then we just gave it back when uh, we, when Rice scored in extra time. We, we, we've we've got an Arsenal fan who likes to put himself on YouTube as well. I'm uh, sorry, a Man United fan who likes to put himself on YouTube. We'll watch his reaction to that offside and um, dogs yeah. and shagging on ice and stuff uh, a little yeah. bit later on. Dan, Dan, what's what, where's your ginger hair gone? Oh, it's it's well, Mark and Sons it, but it's still under there. But it's just covered by a, uh, I think... You, you, you've been calling it a crown, haven't you? You've been crowned officially Capo Dan, block well, five. Cap, Cap where's, the, where's the O? Oh dear, I think is where the O is. But yeah, um, I have indeed from a lovely young guy called Huth. You've probably seen him in block five. He's, uh, I also believe he sells them. Um, so if you really want to look like me, as I'm sure you all do, um, there are a few going around, I think, that he sells. Well, if you do us a favour, get uh, Huss's uh, link to that, and we'll stick it in the um, in the in the chat for this for for people later, and we'll stick it on Guns and Yellow Ribbons um, uh, Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that to get a Block Five uh, hat. Then that would be brilliant if he does. Um, yeah, I, I did. I didn't. I didn't know if we, that it was Huss. I just saw you in the middle with your new flag around you, which you showed at the beginning, and then some guy just and like crowned you with this hat, and it was like flipping hell. And I thought that was it. Was just like. Uh, it, it was a mo for me personally. I thought it was a moment, 
to confirm all the work and the effort that you and the rest of us, but you in particular stand in the middle, have, has, have done over the last season and a half to two seasons. Um, well, uh, folks, I, I don't think I'm the only one in the middle now. Is this a good um, time to, to lead into another video? Shake it, El Nanny, now, shake it, El Nanny. You know what? I played that video for the first time just before we went live and I didn't realise we looked, well, we probably were, looked as drunk as we were. And I got all the words wrong. But hey, listen, if I didn't get the words wrong, who's going to get the words wrong? It's got to be me, Capo, hasn't it? To be honest, you got more right than you normally do. So big improvement. But you know who the next one is in the middle? Yeah, 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 yeah. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. Uh, you see, what what, you, what uh, some of our viewers won't know is that while you boys are dancing away, we've normally got about 30 pints of beer sat on the shelf just behind us. He drinks them all. He drinks and, them all. And I have to stand guard to make sure nobody steals them. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm not worried, Trevor. I'd happily, as I said, if you want to sit down, I'd think come by all with you on the ground if he, if he gets you involved. Oh, you can come by <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we, we we went to the Woodbine beforehand. It was really really good. Chan, um, Lower North Bank on Instagram, who does some of the photos that you see that we share, um, uh, sorted out your flag for you, and you had your unveiling of your flag. Let me see if I can get that one outside the Woodbine. So that was you there. It, it, you know what? It's like a silhouette. You know when you see a scantily clad woman like with the like, silhouette, but yeah, I don't think I fancy that woman very much. Do you guys? <laughs> To be fair, that reminds me of a uh, Soccer AM that does. Remember when you used to get all the lovely the lovely ladies walk through from Soccer AM behind the screen? It's like that, but better, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we took the walk down Gillespie Road and uh, we've done our usual little video for the Highbury squad. I'm going to play that to give uh, our voices a rest for it. Well, mine and Trev's at least a rest for a second. We have a new flag. We have Hi. a new flag. Welcome <laughs> to North London. Welcome to North London. Home of the Arsenal. Right, we're going to get moved by the cars. Trev, we got you back. We got you back. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sophie. Happy birthday to you. I, I, reckon, I reckon our Sophie's 21 again, you know. 21? 20, 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. Yeah, you just... You just oh, maybe she's still a teenager. She's, you know what I mean? Hang on, this is taking the turn, lads. <laughs> Can we get back to the yeah, start? Yeah, 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 let's get back. You've got your new flag. We're on the way to the Man United game. i got my brothers in tow, and uh, they're not as confident as us Arsenal fans are. We are going to the... No, that's for a reason, mate, because they're crap and we're not. Look, right. Yeah, OK, go on, go on. This is a proper rivalry, Arsenal Man United. It has been for many years. We, we don't like Tottenham. They don't like us. But it's never been a proper rivalry on the football field, because apart from the, the last couple of years, obviously, we've always been better. But Man United is a proper game of football rivalry on the field. And I can't see us losing today. I really can't, boys. You went 4-0 on the podcast, didn't you? I did. I may have gone over the top a bit. <laughs> <laughs> to be what? fair, I went 3-1. And I, I, I started watching back the uh, 
the 2002 game this morning we won the league at Old Trafford and just uh, yeah, gets the rivalry going. I saw something today that disturbed me a little bit. Walking down the road and I saw an Arsenal fan who's about five years old walking next to a Man United fan, five years old. They should not, they've been brought up wrong. Shouldn't be allowed yeah. to do that. Yeah, they're brought right. up wrong. Rivalry. I, they sh they I should be. I grew, grew up in a house with them, sorry. No. They should be fighting. No. Yeah, I, no, no. Let's not be silly. Come on. Listen, no, but no, you're right, no, like that. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm going 2 1 is what I'm going. Um, you know, we have. This could be the. Uh, since the 80s, 90, uh, 88 to 91, I think, was the last time we won three in a row at home against uh, United. So. Lads, uh, that goes on for a little bit longer. If you want to catch it, you can catch it on the Highbury Squad's YouTube channel but um, uh, and we'll share it as well. But, you know, there's quite a bit that we're going to talk about covered in there, the confidence levels of um, uh, my brothers um, who are Man United fans and the confidence levels of us Gooners. And also, Trev, the huge point is the rivalry. Like We bumped into Princess this morning and talked about the difference between the North London derby and the Manchester game. And yes, the North London derby is a big rivalry, but the Man United game is huge for us, isn't it, Trev? Yeah. Well, in fairness, right? Oh, this hurts. In fairness, right? I um, the, the first fixture I look for is Tottenham, right? Because that rivalry is savage. It's based on not not liking your local neighbours and not not paying much respect to them and wanting to beat them because oh. you don't like them because they're the local rivals. Uh, as I said in the clip there, up until a few years, few years ago, it was, and last season it changed again. We just left them standing every season. It wasn't a football rivalry in, in the words football. It was a fans' rivalry at a local derby. Whereas Man United, we know we've had, we have great games of football against United over the years. It's a football rivalry. The, the, the players are not keen on each other, as has been shown. The managers have never been keen on each other, has been shown. And it's a great game of football to watch normally. And less, yesterday, well, it didn't let us down, boys. Yesterday was just a fantastic game of football to watch. It was indeed. Um, Dan, the walk down, we had a good giggle in the pub um, with my brothers who clearly wouldn't come on camera for obvious reasons. They don't do this sort of stuff and they don't really want to be seen with us a lot. Um, it, it, it's a huge game. You predicted right. We'll talk about that as well. Um, how, did you, how did you feel the game went? How did you feel um, uh, the United squad were lined up? Because they, they, they were going to be quite threadbare at the back. And as it turns out, they had to put on Maguire and Ache later in the game, which we'll, we'll discuss as well. Yeah, I mean, you've got another right name wrong there, just to let you know, Ferg. Uh, O'Shea. Which one? Played, you know, it's, it's, John, it's Johnny Evans, not O'Shea. So, Johnny uh, Evans, sorry. Yeah. He plays for Ireland. That's all that matters. It's all right, mate. It's all right. Just, I'd like to point it out so everyone knows when you're wrong. I'd like to hey, listen, out. listen, I, wanna, I just want to say, before I get violent with you, I was not in the corporate area after the game near Roy Keane at all after that game. It was not me, okay? My head hurts. I mean, that sounds very. <laughs> I knew it was you, Trevor. <laughs> you sound like a guilty party, Ferg. But um, yeah, I mean, just as you pointed out, I was right in three-one. Just what I'd point out as well. Um, I was really confident. I think, as a lot of us were, right before that game. I think Man United are not the greatest team. I think we've got a great squad. I think the reaction from Fulham was massively over the top. Um, and just a massively deserved win for me. I think the, the best team won. 
And, you know, Ten Hag's comments at the end, I think, just a bad loser, really. How can he come out and say that United deserve to win that game? That's interesting is they're the best team won. We're looking at rose-tinted glasses. Let's go through the game in a few minutes and uh, see if we still feel that. Because I know my view straight after the game has changed quite a bit from uh, like uh, 7 o'clock last night to, to like 7 o'clock tonight. It has I changed. <laughs> I wonder why, yeah. Beer goggles were off. Um, listen, just um, a few clips from behind the scenes in the North Bank Block 5. If you want to be there, uh, don't be square. This is uh, uh, another flag. I don't know where that one's come from. Um, and we bumped into one of our listeners. Uh, this is young Jack between uh, the three of us. Um, he uh, he said he, he watches the show, so it was really nice to meet uh, meet, meet him. And then, obviously, uh, the unveiling of uh, the crown on the official Block 5 <laughs> later on. Um, Alex, this squad lineup, uh, you can overlap with um, the lack of some United players as well, but we reverted back to our, what we're calling, traditional back four uh, with um, White, Saliba, uh, Gabriel and Zinchenko at the back. With Rice in the party position, the position which I feel that he was bought for. First of all, we had Havertz in the Granite Shaka position, Odegaard, Saka, Martelli, and Eddie Inketi up top to replace Jesus. What did you make of the lineup and what we were uh, up against as well? I don't have a graphic for uh, the Man United uh, squad. Yeah, I feel like with uh, unfortunately party's in injury, I feel like this was probably the first time this season where you kind of knew 100% who was going to play. Um, uh, in our first eleven for this game, uh, with Sinchenko being back fit, uh, he slotted into his usual uh, left inverted wing back, and uh, Declan Rice played played the the lone six with Havertz playing in that Shaka role again. Uh, ben White back out to his usual right back. Um, I really like to see that. That was good. He played well. I think so. Um, so I was happy to see us uh, sort of back to the. Uh, the strong lineup that we had uh, last season that sort of the same structure as well. Um, and, and you can sort of see it throughout the game. It sort of clicked more. People were more natural with everything. So that was good to see. We'll, I guess we'll go more into that later. And then for United, um, I mean, they've got a good squad. They've got some good players. Um, Rashford, we knew uh, he was sort of their main threat. Um, and of course, he did score as well. That's the... He always scores against us, um, but they they've got a fair few injuries at the at the back, as we saw later on in the game when when Evans and and Maguire came on, um, which was just a strange thing to see. Uh, those two coming on felt like it was the year two thousand and thirteen and not uh, twenty three. Um, but yeah, um, when I saw their lineup, I thought we have to win this game. Um, they they've they've had a shaky start and they and they've got a fair few injuries so we just had to capitalize on on that and trev we we started the game quite well um uh, and and you know we got some opportunities and and one that came as a quite um an open goal almost was to kai havertz and i know kai havertz has been subject to lots of um crap on twitter and and, and various other groups and so on yes. but he, he was laid in. Uh, Rice makes a great challenge to win the ball. Martinelli cross, crosses the ball into Havertz. And from where I was standing, we talked about this in the car today, um, where I was standing, I thought the ball drifted slightly behind him and he missed it. But we watched it match today last night when we got back here. And the ball actually landed perfectly for him. And he just really fluffed his lines, mate, didn't he? 
Yeah, he did, but I, I thought he played better overall than he has done yesterday. He showed improvements in his, certainly his effort rate was up. And that was, a, it was a glaring miss. There's no denying that, but I can't get on his back about it because overall he played really well. And as I said before, I think he's a confidence player and he, he's probably seen that on the end of his boot and he's panicked, right? And he's panicked and he's looked like a four-year-old trying to shoot a goal. He just needs to put one away and he'll be fine. I'm sure that Havertz will be absolutely fine. By the way, I thought that we 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 bossed the game really possession-wise and skill and moving the ball wise, I thought we'd boss the game from the start, right? I really genuinely did. I know we can say I'm biased, but this is how I saw it. And after about five minutes, I thought to myself, the only way we're going to get beat today is if what happens in previous seasons happens again. In that, we get sucker punched. We were the better side last year and we lost 3-1 at Old Trafford and we just got sucker punched. And we were most definitely the better side yesterday and it, it didn't look to be going our way but we didn't get sucker punched in the end. And we deserve to win the game yesterday. I know we're going to delve into it deeper, but it's important that I get the point across that I thought we were... And I think the stats prove it, Ferg, don't they? I'm not sure, but we were the better uh, side. The, 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 stat, the stats show that we had more shots on target today and we had more shots on goal. We had slightly more possession. Uh, we had 55% possession versus their 45, 17 versus their 10 on shots, 5 versus their 2. But it's the interesting stat is the corners. We had tw 12 versus their 3, which for me says um, how much more attacking we were um, and, and, and that we're more down in their end. We'd done the little reel, the little clip that we put up on, on all our channels, um, over the week. And it was what you said, uh, Dan, we need to watch him on the counter. And it was the counter that we would have got caught on. But before we move on to the counter, you were so ready for this. It's going to happen. I don't care. I mean, people need to not get on his back. I think, as Trev said, right, he's he's massively, you know, a player that's going to ride high on confidence, and he, he doesn't look confident in the minute. And I think that's why he snatches it and, and does what he did. But don't forget the role he's playing. Right, he's playing as one of the two eights, which means he's got a huge job to do in midfield, off the ball, recovering the ball, and actually watching the game back. He was very, very good at breaking up play as well, which is not something you'd imagine that would be something he sort of excels at. But he's he's doing that as well. He's um he's got to start to link up with his teammates and, and start to know where people are, where they make runs, where they drop off, where they like the balls to be played. It makes a big, big difference too. Like I don't think he's um he had a bad game at all. I actually think he had a very good game yesterday and, and quite easily could have um got a goal. He quite easily could have won a penalty, which we'll go into, I'm sure, later. Um, yeah, it it'll come for him. It'll come for him. Um, one thing I did notice though is when Vieira came on in that role, I thought he had very a very oh. very good cameo again. Vieira's starting to look like a player that can impact the team. I'm not saying he should be starting week in week out, but you know this is what we want in terms of competition to push each other. And maybe he's just seen at the minute that Havertz is under a bit of pressure, and maybe he thinks I can go for that position, which I think is only a good thing. Interesting point by Heath in the chat. We'll come back to that one. Um, but uh, Alex, um, 26 minutes in, Anthony was lucky to avoid a yellow card uh, for kicking the ball away after uh, committing a foul against Gabriel. Uh, then it goes down the other end and uh, there's um, the penalty shout. Um, we'll talk about the penalty in isolation separately, but how did you feel that um, the referee 
manage the game overall because there was parts where Unana was seemed for me, you know, like the away goalkeepers do, do a bit of time wasting. He gave him the warning. For me, I think they should have come out with a card earlier. Um, I don't know. What, what, what did you think of Anthony Taylor's performance? I think overall he was on the right end of a lot of decisions. Um, I feel like specifically the Anthony one, I would have liked to see it, seen a yellow card because we've seen that in so many games in the start of the season where oh, he got kicks... charity shield, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So and and Anthony was going like, "Oh, I didn't hear the whistle and whatever," um, but it was clear it was deliberate. He he heard the whistle and knew what he, he knew it was doing. He didn't pass it to anyone. He just kicked it away. So that one he did miss. Um, I don't know if you want to go into some of the uh, later decisions now or. or no, we'll, we'll look at the later decisions uh, afterwards. Talk about the penalty. No, no, we're not going to dwell on that. Which penalty then? Which penalty? So no, the penalty. Kai Havertz, um, yeah, from where okay, we were that's, standing, Trev. That's just a, um, a lot later in the game, though. Yeah, uh, Ferg, is that a later one? Ferg, you yeah, can't that's move in the on fifth, from the referee That's thing. in the, the 59th. Right. Go, go, go on, then. Because it's... Overall, the referee got most decisions right yesterday, right? I'll accept that. But once again, there seemed to be a rule made up for the Arsenal. And it, I know, I'm, you know, I mean, I talk as an Arsenal fan, so I'll get pulled up about it if I like, but... When that Anthony kicked that ball away and he warned him, the referee went like this, right? Went like this. And what does that mean? I'm not... Every other time I've seen a player kick a ball away this season, they've got booked. They've got a yellow card. It's the new rule. You waste time, no warning, whack. You get a yellow card. And yesterday, the player kicks the ball away and the ref does his T-sign. I'm assuming he's saying he's going to add the time on for that. So where did it go from that yellow card... So that in the rule book, because it seemed to be a new one on me yesterday. They've got an habit of doing it to the Arsenal. You know, in recent years, I can remember Tommy Asu getting sent off for two yellow cards in the same foul. I've never seen that since. I think maybe once. And then, of course, you've got, um, um, what's his name? No, not Martinelli. Uh, Martinelli got sent off for the two yellow cards. But this season, Tommy Asu's got sent off. For, for touching a player, one that Gary Neville says you'll get booked for every time. And I've seen hundreds of them now since, and that's not an exaggeration. There's never a booking. And it just happened again yesterday. I can't get over this. He's stuck in the head. What does it mean? Where do these refs dig this crap up from? Unbelievable. To, to be honest, so, though, I, think, I think I disagree on the ref. I think the referee had a very good game. Are and... you not listening to me, young man? Are you not listening to me? <laughs> um, listen, Trev, for you, mate, time out, time out. I said I thought the referee had a good game overall, didn't I? No, hey? but yeah. What is I this? Actually, I actually you know think... What well, I, I think, firstly, the ref is actually giving a chance to the team and saying, this is your one and only warning. After that, I'm not having Why? any more of it. Why? Think, uh, well, Why? He's not I don't think that needs to happen. I don't think you want a game where they're constantly booking every single player, right? So could it be this now? Could it be this? Could it be this, Dan? Could it be that? No, hey? I don't. I don't agree. I, I, I think a lot of people will want to pick bits out of it because they're Arsenal fans, and I, I totally understand that. Um, we're all the same, but I actually think the major decisions he got right, and where he didn't get them right, I think VAR pulled him up, and it was overturned. And I don't actually think he made many mistakes. The only things that stick out in my mind um, was Saki Elikard, 
I'm a little bit confused. Someone told me he had a kick out. I don't know if that's true or not, but the yellow card that Saka had. I thought it was right. I thought it was right. The, the yellow. Yeah, that's the only one that I haven't seen back. So if he gave a kick out, okay. fine. Okay, okay, okay. On that one, because. I do want to work, work the game down in pieces. But on that one, because we watched it, some guy in front of us had um, his phone and was watching on Sky as well to, just to get the, the replays. Talk to me while you thought the Saka card was was um, was right then, Alex. Because from, okay. from our perspective, we saw a, a, a foul given to Saka because mm-hmm. a Man United player came in on and tackled him. But for the little bit of clip that we could see, we think he went over the top, but then why was the foul given in favour of Saka? Was it verbals that he gave to the referee? Because again, this is in the stands. We can't we can't get that. Well, Saka uh, got pushed first, so that's a foul on Saka. And then as he's going down, he went studs up on uh, Bruno Fernandes. So there's a foul first on Saka, so we get the foul. But then there's a yellow card for the offence he committed after the foul. So you can't, even though he was. Like fouled Saka, you can't just go studs up after you're fouled. So that's why he got the yellow card and we got the free kick. So I think that was right mm-hmm. because uh, it it um it was lucky that it wasn't higher on Bruno Fernandes because then then it would have been a red card. Would have been calling the, the, the ambulance. Need... Go on, what what are you saying? Would have been calling the ambulance for Fernandes because he's the biggest. Yeah, he's ho- mate. Right. He's a horrible player. He's a horrible player, and I don't like him at all. But I'll I tell you what, right, while we're on the referee, because Dan's right, you know, Dan's right. I thought the referee didn't have a bad game. The only decision that I thought he could have got the other way and I couldn't have argued about it was I thought that when Gabriel pulled their striker down, if he'd have given a penalty to Man United, I couldn't have argued that. I couldn't and then have I think Havertz one should have stood as well. No, but I felt Havertz like he kept, kept, but he, I think like he kept the line throughout the game. I think he allowed kind of more physical play. And hence why neither one was given as a penalty. Uh, we'll talk about that penalty in a minute. Listen, um, Kai Havertz lost the ball at 27 minutes. Ball broke into midfield. And um, um, Rashford got on the end of it and it was 1-0. Rashford came up to um, greet us in the North Bank and told us to concentrate and think about it. Um, me and Trevor had this discussion about um, one Havertz uh, and losing the ball and getting caught on the counter, which I'll talk to you about, Dan. Can we but, leave Havertz uh, alone now? Can we leave Havertz No, 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 no. No, no, getting caught on the counter, okay? But if I was going to get to, if you didn't rudely interrupt me, I was going to get to the point no, of goal celebrations on front of the North Bank in that corner. We've had uh, Eric Dyer do it. You've had loads of players come over there. And it's almost... It's almost, is there a point, and if you go back to referees about consistency, is there a point that a referee is going to come up and say it's incitement and the, the yellow card? And Trev, what was your view? Because I know you, it did motivate it, you a lot last night. It, it boils me, it does, when these players who want, I'm not saying it's wrong, they're allowed to celebrate a goal right, do as they like. But for players that want fans to behave in a certain way and they, they scream abuse by fans and they scream wrong doings by fans and and the fans that do them things are wrong. If the players want it to cut out, they, they, you know, they, they're coming across to that corner, Rashford, he can run anywhere on the pitch, but he comes across there and he winds the fans up, right? Now, if an Arsenal fan sees him in the street next week and tears him a new one or gives him a big finger wagging, no, no, Fergus, I'm not talking about violence. I'm talking about verbal. Then Rashford will go on social media and say, I was verbally accosted. 
by an Arsenal fan today. Yet we were verbally accosted by Rashford yesterday. We didn't do anything about it, you know. So I know it's wrong and it's wrong to get on players' backs, but I, I just don't know why they do it. They just make themselves look a bit dickish, really, to be honest. I've, I've got two different views on this, right? First one is the second, the disallowed goal for Man United, right? When Garnacho scores, he's got two options. He runs left to his own fans or he runs right to the Arsenal fans. I don't understand why he ran over to the Arsenal fans because there's no other reason than he wants to look at the fans. And it's one of those things that when you're everyone else, I don't think you understand why he does it, but when you're a fan of that team, give an example, Thierry Henry celebration against Spurs when he ran the length of the pitch, you love it. And I think it's just one of those things that I think players connecting with their fans, that the fans love it and that's why they do it. Are you Adebayor who signs for Tottenham and runs the other end of the pitch and well, comes and... Exactly. Like, we all hate it, but if we was the other set of fans like Henri did, we love it and we've got a statue of it, mm, you know? I get, it's, I get. It's, it's just a part of a rivalry, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, li listen, the best way to respond to that is exactly what Martin Odegaard did. Uh, Eddie put a beautiful ball into Martinelli and Bar Martinelli put a cross into... Uh, Odegaard, Odegaard scores uh, an absolutely fantastic goal. Um, and the crowd, as much as the United fans, the stadium is poor for, for sound travelling. United fans had just calmed down from celebrating their goal. It went nuts. It went absolutely nuts. How did that come across uh, on TV then, uh, Alex? And what were your thoughts on just like the, the, the finish? The finish Odegaard done was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, they were still speaking about the the United goal, and they just managed to sort of get the camera on on the on the play again, and then and then uh, and then we set up the goal beautifully. Um, and it's it's kind of like a uh, a trademark Odegaard goal. He scored two of them against Chelsea in in the last season, where he just arrives in the perfect moment on on the edge of the box and and slots it away. So uh, it was just so important that we bounced back uh, immediately, um, and. I think that's something that uh, Arteta has instilled in the team uh, that even though we go down a goal, uh, we don't lose our heads or anything. We we keep doing what what the game game plan is, and we and we bounce back, which was what we did. So I thought it was such an important goal, um, uh, and to get one back straight away and e equalize um, equalize the the score. Dan, in in the stadium, the first half didn't like before the game. In the, in the concourse, it was outstanding. It's one of the loudest that it has been probably this season. Uh, Trevor's struggling up top. Look at him. He's hanging out of his arse. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, um, he had extra bubbles in his two beers yesterday, I reckon. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It might, have, it might have been... Did did we have Indian last night or did we have Chinese, um, uh, Trev? Was it, I, I thought it was a Rogan Josh. Or did you not order something different? Yeah, I had beef chow mein and Declan oh, rice. Man, rice. Beef chow mein and Declan rice. Oh, man, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, before we go distracted onto that um how did you find the atmosphere in the first half in the in, in the stands itself because it seemed a little bit flat obviously first goal went in but the response of having a goal back so quickly that just lit the fuse didn't it yeah i think it continued it continued from the concourse straight into the into the start of the game i don't know if you guys have watched sky sports back but 
re-watching it there, North London Forever, was one of the loudest I've heard it on TV. And just goosebumps I had watching it back. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. One of, one of the most loudest I've heard us in the um, in the ground pre-match. But then the atmosphere in the ground continued. First five minutes, I remember the LA thong going round and that, that was quite loud from all areas of the ground. And then, yeah, as you said, I think to respond as quick as we did is a massive, massive help because it just I think it calmed everyone down a little bit. I think United could have could have dug in a little bit more if they'd have hung on for a bit longer. Um, you know, they're not a great side, but they can sit in and counter-attack, as we said, and that's sort of how they got their first goal. Um, so to get one back straight away was a was a big relief, I think, as well from in 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 the crowd. I just felt like it just felt like one of those days where it was going to be something that we would dominate but not quite get there. But then as soon as we we'd equalised, you know, we were the better side after that by an absolute country mile. Yeah, so we couldn't second uh, in and a half time. It's 1-1. Uh, the atmosphere is nice in, in, on the concourse. No point in getting any beers because it's just impossible to get there. You've got to leave a half hour before the game and it's warm by the time you get it and everything else. Um, did, did you find, Alex, that our press didn't seem to be effective enough in that first half? Well, I've thought about it since then because that's what I thought when I watched the match, that we let them have too much of the ball and we didn't really press them in their own half. Um, and I know we ended up having 55% of the possession when the game finished, but in the first half, they had uh, 55% of the possession. And that was due to them sort of passing the ball around in their own, in their own half. But when I think about it now, um, I think back to the game we played in pre-season against them. And we pressed really high in that game and they caught us with some long balls uh, two or three times uh, with Jaden Sancho. Um, so I think it was quite deliberate from from Arteta, sort of not doing this uh, high pressing, sort of letting letting them have the initiative and um, and uh, letting them create create something which they really struggled to do. So so I think it was smart from Arteta to let them um, have the ball in their in their own half and sort of just sit back for a bit because um, uh, they haven't really got anything offensively other than trying to get it out to Rashford and and him making something out of it. Um, and as we saw, the, the, the only goal they scored was from a mistake uh, from Havertz, which sort of brought us out of balance completely. So I think we were really good defensively and, and United didn't have much in the game. Um, but yeah, when I watched when I watched the game uh, live, I was quite frustrated. But looking back back at it now, um, I think it was really smart from Ateta to sit back a bit deeper and not pr- uh, press so high like we did in the, in the pre-season game. Uh, Dan, you talked about uh, worrying about the, uh, the counter-attack with Man United. And as we said, that the one goal they got was a counter-attack. Uh, do you think we handled it okay in that first half by the goal? Yeah, I think we did, to be honest. Um, look, United attacked the spaces very, very well. That's the way they set up to play. They've got the players that can that can do that. Um, they near enough cheat a little bit as such. I know he's saying Man United cheat, but they, they cheat in lots of ways. But they cheat a little bit in terms of leaving their wingers a little bit high and wide um, to sort of expose that, those spaces. So it's always going to be the danger. But yeah, the majority of the game, I felt we dealt with it well. Um, I don't agree with Havertz's mistake. And I know people are going to say that he gave the ball away. But that's not the mistake for me. We we got back and we had our three defenders. And you saw Saliba and Ben White came across. And actually... They didn't know what they were doing. Well, they, 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 ben White was the it was, it was ben, ben White doesn't get out to the ball, but then Saliba doesn't hold his position. They should be saying, Ben White, stay right, stay out, show him the line. 
and Saliba be there in case he comes inside. Whereas Saliba compensated yeah. too much and went too far to the right, and it gave him space from Ben White backing off him. And, that, and that's ultimately where the goal comes from. Um, in transition, the players recovered well. Um, the positioning was great up until that point where he cut inside. Um, like we, you know, we defended it very well, but yeah, individual mistakes. I think just getting punished from a clinical striker who does well against us. Mm. Listen, we've got quite a few of you watching on uh, YouTube and Facebook. If you're on Facebook, jump over to YouTube and uh, click on the like and subscribe. We're up to 909. So we've picked up nine of you since last week. Okay, you have a little bit of drop off. We're trying to get to that thousand. I'll tell you what, we set a target maybe of today to try and get 11 more followers on on, uh, on YouTube. We can get to 920. So if you're there, um, just click on the like and subscribe button. Trevor, uh, 59 minutes in. Um, I put this still up earlier of Havertz. Uh, it was on front of us in the North Bank uh, for me at the time. And even when we do the post-match video that we talked about afterwards, I felt it was a penalty all day long. And I thought VAR got it wrong. And I thought VAR uh, was doing that usual thing that as soon as they drag the ref over, the ref is going to change his mind because the ref actually gave the penalty. Um, in hindsight, we know uh, that to be slightly different. But well, how did you feel it went? Look, I, what Dan, what Dan and Alex have just spoken about is, um, I can't move on from that, and, and and the penalty is easy to talk about. But I honestly thought, right, and it's interesting. I, I mentioned sucker punch earlier, right, and I honestly thought from the first few minutes, actually, the only way they were going to beat us, I don't think Man United are good enough to move the ball, play the ball around the Arsenal. I don't think they're good enough to play the ball around our midfield and our and our defence. The only way they were going to beat us yesterday was by catching us on the break, right? And that's exactly what the Rashford goal was. And don't forget, we people are blaming our defenders and or, or, or insinuating that our defenders could have done better. But it's an England international footballer breaking with the ball, turning in on his right foot and doing what he does very, very, at his very best, scoring a goal. I honestly think that that was the sucker punch I was worried about. They weren't going to play the ball around us, so they had to try and play it through us on the break. And that, and that's what they did for the goal. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not got a problem with how we defended that. I just put it down to us getting caught a bit forward up the field and, and Rashford doing what he does. As for the penalty, Ferg, it was really interesting because James Power sits next to me now a lot of games. We all yeah. know James. And um, as, as Havertz went down, this is how different it can be, you know. As Havertz went down, I said, oh, that's a penalty, James. And James Power immediately said to me, that is going to get turned. That is going to get overturned, Trev. That is definitely going to get overturned. So it goes to VAR and it gets overturned. And this is where we start getting the inconsistency, boys, isn't it? Because if you think about penalties similar to that, Kane was a master of it at Tottenham, wasn't he? Kane was a master of sticking a leg out and, and making sure he got caught. Because that's what happened yesterday. Havertz stuck a leg out a bit and he, he got a brush and he went down. I, I, wasn't, I couldn't scream against it being overruled because I could see why it wouldn't be given. But... They have been given in the past. And I've used Kane as, as an example there, not because he's an ex-Tottenham player, but because he was good at that and he did it a lot, you know? So it was turned over the penalty and um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, obviously I was upset. I wanted us to get a penalty, but I could see why it was overturned. So I wasn't, you know, screaming my head off. Uh 
guys, um, what did you make of the penalty, Dan? You were there. Did you? Did you? You're right beside me. I thought it was a penalty straight away. Briefly, we, we both said at the time, in my opinion and your opinion, Stonewall penalty at the time, right? And I, I don't think there was many people that didn't think it was a penalty. Um, there was definitely contact, but yeah, watching it back, I. I don't think it was a penalty. I think he initiates the contact a little bit as his leg slightly comes out and it's the second contact is where he goes down. Um, I don't think it's a dive, but I think he initiates it. And I think it's the type of penalty that we don't really want to be seen given in the Premier League. I think if it was the opposition against us, I'd have felt really, really hard done by. However, my only surprise is that having it been given, the VIR actually intervened and overturned that. Because I don't think you can say that's a clear and obvious error because there is contact and he goes down. Even though I don't think it's a penalty, I don't think he should have been given in the first place. If it is given, I'm surprised it was overturned. Alex, finally on that one, and then we'll go on to look at the substitutions and so on. Actually, not do that because there's one one little note because Alex done all the notes today because I was driving around and, and trying to do a bit of work and stuff and I've noticed a little um, a little um, nod to uh, some people in the chat who will know me well at the 66 minute so we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about the penalty first Alex before I ruin you yeah well funnily enough I I agree with Dan again um, I thought in real time it looked like a Stonewall penalty and I think it's just a case of Havertz expecting the contact because he's sort of going in between two players and then he feels a slight contact uh, and goes goes down as he should do. Um, but I was I was surprised that it got overturned because there was a slight contact and um, it was given last week um, a very similar penalty on Rashford uh, for, for Manchester United. So It was. Um, but I agree with Dan again uh, with saying that I would have been annoyed if, if it was against us and and I don't like to see those those soft penalties given but as long as they don't give anyone any any penalties like that for the rest of the season I'm I'm fine but again it's the consistency so 66 minutes in uh, the substitution started to happen but before the first substitution uh, it goes uh, for um man united uh, leandro Martinez, as is typed in these notes here, <laughs> because Alex is getting an English sense of humour now because he's uh, been talking to us too much. Taking the piss out of me, are you, mate? <laughs> just a bit, just a bit At behind least he's Martinez. An English sense of humour, not an Irish one, so we're all right there. Well, he's got oh. Irish in, his, in him as well, so, yeah. you know, and I know his dad said the humour, but let's not go there. <laughs> Um, so substitutions started to happen. We had um, uh, Jesus, Tommy, Vieira uh, all came on. Uh, Zinni Havertz and Eddie all went off. And that really changed the game up. Um, Trev, um, Vieira, and I know uh, Dan talked about him earlier. Um, Vieira and his performance again uh, another week in where his performance has just been outstanding as an impact player off the bench. Yeah, he's he's come on and he, I, I'm going here, boys. He's come on and he's he's done really well again, hasn't he? And he's proved a lot of us wrong. I wasn't very confident in what he showed last season. You have to hold your hands up. But we didn't go like a lot of others and go over the top and in on him. And he's starting to show that there's a player in him. You know, I don't think he's anywhere near the finished article, but he's coming on and he's having an impact in games. And for me, that's fine. That's, that's, that's plenty. I'll take that for now from him. We've got plenty of other players around him. So I'm very happy with Vieira. And I also, I've got to say it because 
I've not been his biggest admirer, have I, right? But I thought that Eddie was unlucky to get substituted yesterday. I genuinely did. I thought that Eddie and Ketia had a great game. He put himself about, was on the ball, looked threatening. And um, yeah, maybe it's the England call-up that's given him a lift. I don't know. But credit where it's due, I thought he was unlucky to get substituted yesterday. But Vieira, going back to Vieira, yeah, he came on and he impressed me. And uh, as he showed, it looks an easy pass, that ball to, to Jesus for the third goal. But it's absolutely in his stride. Absolutely in his stride. He doesn't have to break stride at all, which gives him the time. He's not breaking stride, so it gives him the time to look up, see where the defender's coming from and, and, and go around the defender and beside the goalkeeper. Fantastic goal and a great input. By the way, talking about substitutions, this is how bad Man United are, right? I thought that Maguire actually improved them when he came on yesterday. I honestly thought that Harry Maguire improved Man United when he came on yesterday. They're in a lot of trouble, that club. They really are. What did you make of O'Shea's performance? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the best one out of their, t- out of their defense, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there was opportunity for Saka, some good combinations that went on. But, you know, 88 minutes in, 89 minutes in, we thought that we were going to get caught by a sucker punch. And Man United fans up and down the country, and I know you left some Manx up in Manchester early in the morning, um, Trevor, but one in particular, uh, Mark Goldbridge, um, he was, uh, yeah, he was just a little bit peeved. Let's have a watch of this and then we'll look at the offside and we'll talk about that. 2-1 2-1 to Manchester United. What a move on the break. And it's 2-1. Arsenal in the fucking mad. Get in. He's on. Get in. Get in. He's miles on. He's fucking miles on. He's miles mi- No, he's not, mate. He's miles. <laughs> well. Oh, get out. Cocker cat. <laughs> Yeah, you love to see it, don't you? What a Wait a minute, wait a minute. What does this mean, Alex? Just a beautiful chapter towards the end of the game. And what does this mean? I just agree with him. Oh, right. Okay. You'll never know what it means. Now, now I'll say what it really means. He said, My favorite podcast is Dan, and you said, Yep, fair enough. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So. So let's talk about this offside. Mark Goldridge uh, wasn't um, Goldbridge uh, wasn't uh, uh, very impressed. Um, I must admit, Dan, I it, when that ball, that through ball went through, I just turned around to you and went, oh. I just knew that they were going to score from that. I didn't realise that uh, Gabriel was a ballet, ballet dancer and he could just that poise and that core that he could just hold back like that. It was unreal. Dan? That's a, that's a throwback a, a few years, isn't it? Stepping up like that as a back four. If only he went like that, put his hand up, it'll be uh, yeah. it'll be the uh, the 90s again, wouldn't Come it? But, no, <laughs> he's, uh, that's, a, that's a defender doing, doing his main job, which is staying in line with his back four and stepping up when he needs to. So um, he saved us there a little bit, I think. So credit where it's due. But yeah, I, I, I didn't expect it to be offside, in all fairness. I think like you, the reaction was like, I think they just nicked it. But yeah, but when you there's quite you a few around, there's quite a few around. The, la- the lady in front of us that we we always see with her son and her and her husband and all, they they looked at us and went, 
they, they, they didn't even look at the goal going in the back of the net. They turned around and looked at it. We all looked at each other and went, goal. Do yeah, you know but then look when you when you stay in the stadium, regardless of the score, magical things happen, and uh, everyone that stayed and carried on. We're singing. getting to that. We're getting that contract. Do you know what, boys? Um, I've said it about four times tonight. So, at risk of being boring, when that went in, I thought <laughs> they've done us again. They've done us. They've done us again on the break. They're going to beat us in a game we should be winning comfortably. But when I don't know about you lot, right? But when that was disallowed, when that was disallowed. I knew, right, for that last five or ten minutes, however long was left, I knew there was only one side that could win that game after it was disallowed. They'd had their breakaway, right? They'd had their bit of luck. They'd, they'd gone around us, played it past us, sucker punched us, and they, they didn't get the goal. So I knew after that we was going to win it. I was absolutely certain we were going to win it. Um, Alex, interesting here from Kevin Campbell. Super yeah, Kevin yeah. Campbell. Arsenal and Everton player. Kev... Great to have you in the in the chat. Interesting, and and, and Ten Hag talked about this the two different angles. Uh, I, I've 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 only seen that clip that we've seen. Uh, you got don't get to see anything in the stadium. Uh, what did you make of the offside? Did you get to see any other angles? And you know, yeah, well, oh, like then. Kev said, we we saw it from from two angles watching it uh, uh, on the telly. And the first one, he definitely looked onside, and then you saw it from a slightly different angle. And you could see he was just about offside. So um, I think Ten Hag's probably just seen the first angle and went, "That's mate, that's onside." Um, but yeah, he. I'm I'm going to start calling him Eric Ten Excuses from now on because he he was a big cry baby afterwards and in, in the post match post match interview. And we'll probably I, get to uh, that afterwards. I think Max Brunning from EastEnders needs to Google the word calibration and then he'll understand why it's why it's offside. Exactly. <laughs> I, I I thought it was more Phil Mitchell than Max Banning myself. Like Phil Mitchell at his lowest ebb. So I haven't watched EastEnders in twenty five years. So you know um, what? Do you know what? Right? It was um, it was if if they got the lines in the right place, right? If they've got the lines in the right place, then it's offside, right? There's no argument. But what I will say is that at least they've got that one right by putting the lines in the right place. Wouldn't it be a lot worse if they didn't put the lines in lines in the right place and it cost you the game? Who can ever imagine that happening, eh, boys? Oh, can... That would never happen to us. Never happen. Never happen. Never happen. And a referee would never admit they'd made a mistake and decided not to make a decision because they didn't want to make their other mate look bad. But we won't get into that in in too much detail. We've got that in the video later. Um, there was a bit made on Sky about uh, that uh, a drone up and uh, some fans leaving early. You touched on it early. We're looking about 15, 20 people there. Five, six people in Arsenal shirts. Some of them could be Man United fans. Some of them could be rushing home to get home for they're ill. Like I left the Palace game because I was ill. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just you know I thought it was poor reporting uh, by by Sky on that one. Just like and it all changed, Fergal, didn't it? Go on, Fergal, go on, I've got to ask Dan this question, mate. I've got to ask Dan this question. I'm sorry, Alex, but at the end of that game, I looked around the seats when the players would go were, were celebrating the win. And I would say that ground was still 99.9% full. You could not see a gap. And I would challenge, it's not worth challenging Sky because they don't watch the likes of us, but put your drone up at any premiership ground in the country. Put your drone up at any football ground in the country and you're going to see as many people, if not more than that, leaving the ground. You know, so, um, yeah, it's just Sky getting on our backs. We've had a bit of a reputation for it and they were looking for, for five minutes of news, weren't they? I do, I do agree, Trev. Actually, and and around us, it was still you know scenes at the end of the game, 
we hope when we when we scored the winner, fantastic. And the the ninety nine point nine percent of the fans, fantastic as always. It's just it is a pet hate of mine that even one fan, and I know it happens everywhere. It happens in any ground of any country of any sport. There will be someone that leaves early when they would have seen that United scored. It just frustrates me because that's not what a fan is. A, a, a fan is needed when the team's not doing great, not when they are doing great. And um, I, I do see it as, a, and I'm a little bit bitter, but I do see it as karma for any one person that's left that ground at 2-1 to miss us and miss the celebrations. Because I'm not being funny, you go to the football for, for the time with friends, for the good moments, the things that happen. And that winner is exactly the sort of euphoria that we go for. I'll I, I tell you what I've done it once, uh, Dan. Um, ex excluding, like, you know, when I've, I've not been well, like the Palace one, and when I was so drunk at bloody Gellin, St. Gellin and Zurich in my stomach. Oh, no, let's not go there. But um, <laughs> we shouldn't. Um, but um, uh, I don't know. We played West Brom, and within the last 5 3, I think, or 5 2. And Amunia was so poor on goal. I was so annoyed. I was going to say going to say something. I was in a clock end up. I wasn't down where we were now. It's like a long, long time ago. And I just went, I have enough. And I walked out with five, ten minutes to go. And Perez scored. And, you know, we got it back to 5-3. Uh, I think... Uh, I'm going to get shot down here. I, I, I think sometimes... Some fans who don't go as often as say we do and aren't in, as invested sometimes as we do. And I'm taking away from fans, but we get very emotionally, physically, mentally, monetary uh, uh, invested in the club that we want to suck up and be part of all of it. Good, bad, or indifferent, and we feel we know how important it is that we're there every day, every game at the very end, clapping them off. Even if we've lost three nil, we clap them off. We're fed up, and I think when you get the opportunity to go to one or two games, it doesn't go your way, and you're a red member, silver member, or a corporate or whatever, and you're not having their dream day that you have. Maybe that's why they do it. I don't know, but other people have reasons. But let's 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 not dwell on that fact. I just thought it was poor as uh, as. Trev said, many, many people do it at other clubs up and down the ground. 96 minutes in, uh, the Emirates... So, so just, just, quick, just quick, Ferg, I, th I think that is important to highlight. That's not what we're criticising here, is that Sky massively, I think, have skewed that to look at, like in their thousands, they've left and emptied, emptied the stadium. That didn't happen. Um, so, you know, for the, for the majority, as I said, 99.9% .9 of people, that wasn't the case. And it's, uh, yeah. It's sky being sky, and we we could all spend hours here talking about sky. So, yeah. look right, yeah. boys. Look right. I, I, I'm qualified to talk about this, as you well know, right? And I'm not shy of it. <coughs> Excuse me. A, a, a three o'clock kickoff, a four thirty kickoff, a five thirty kickoff, a twelve thirty kickoff. Yeah, I'm there till the end and after the game. But I live not far off, or two hundred miles away from the ground. You know, and, I know. and if it's eight o'clock kickoff at night, and the game goes into the hundredth minute. I'm watching the last few seconds on the concourse, ready to get down the station, you know? So there's times when you have to do it, you know? Yeah, there was. Look, um, 96 minutes in, um, you know, we were we were celebrating a goal, but some Man United fans were talking about, um, talking about like dogs and ice skating and stuff. We'll talk about that. Kevin, I'm, I'm really chuffed you're in the chat, okay? But we need to get you on here because... 
you know, to be in the chat as much as you are, it was brilliant. But you starred one, um, this one here, uh, 10 excuses, a good Monaco. <laughs> sorry, if but, that, sorry, that was me. Sorry, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Let, 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 let's, let's move on. Kev, drop, drop Trevor a line and we'll get you on one day. When I know you've got other stuff, but let, let's get you on and, and, and go. Um, let's get back to dogs skating on ice. Oh, you're How joking. How do you think it's gone? Oh, fuck off. Just go away. Go away. Go away. Get out. Absolutely jokes. That defence with Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire in it is like, it's fucking all over the place. It's like a couple of dogs trying to shag on wearing ice skates. Bloody... Where has he dug that line from? <laughs> I don't That's know. Just, class. You've got to give the bloke credit where he's due, you know. You've got to give him credit where he's due. He's come up with a blinder there, an absolute blinder. Credit he, he, he has. Uh, guys, talk me through the goal. I'm going to get the videos up of, of some of the other bits there because I haven't queued them up properly. But um, talk me through. Uh, Alex, you go with the goal first and then go over to you, Dan. Yeah, well... As you pointed out earlier, we had a lot of corners uh, throughout this game, and um, and I think we've spot we spotted a weakness uh, with the zonal marking on 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 the corners, um, and we kept trying to get it to the to the uh, far post on our corners, and um, eventually it worked. Um, Declan Rice was completely unmarked uh, at at the far post. He chests it down, and he has a shot. And it takes a slight deflection, and Onana gets a slight touch to it, but it goes in, and you could just hear the the Emirates explode. It was, oh, I get goosebumps just uh, thinking about it now. It was such a a relief and such a big moment for Declan Rice um, as this big signing for us, um, and for me, he just like that pays his price straight away. I've been, I've been singing it all day. <laughs> so he's, he's the sole reason why my voice was struggling this morning, singing a song about him uh, on the way to the Blackstock after the game. I um, I don't know about you boys, but I'm starting to really love this lad. He's just the one, the way he interacts with the, with the crowd. And I spoke to a West Ham fan. He's one of the ones that isn't that bitter. And we had a debate about his, his feet, as everyone does. And, and and I said, look, I do think we've overpaid for him. I think he's a great player. I think he'll be a very good player for our, for our team for many, many years. But I don't think he's worth 105 million. I think he's maybe 50, 55, 60 million. 67. And he said, trust me, over the length of his contract, he'll be worth every single penny of that. And do you know what? He's just started to look like a match winner in both boxes. And he can go 80 minutes and just blend into the background because he's so good and, and, and not be noticed that much but games like Palace when you're up against it he steps up when you need something like this he steps up and I, I really think he could be one of the, the guys that drives us forward I remember my first beer first <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Gil Gil Gillespie as well because I was watching the t I was watching the game on the telly and I saw him in the yellow shirt 
absolutely jumping in with the players when when they celebrated. Okay. It was I've, I've got the pictures. Yeah, uh, no, that's not that one. I got. Uh... Oh, not that one. <laughs> Are we going to get taken down for that one? That one you There's Gil there. There's Gil oh, there. Oh, yeah. What a, what a picture. I'll I tell you what, before we finish on that, because it, it, these are the moments. You know, you know what I said a few minutes ago about if you, you're not invested like we are and where we are and the amount of time and effort that, that Dan and Reese and the other Dan and me and Dale and Trev and everybody butts in in block five, block six. And, and, and everybody else who joins in with us, there's people coming around from Block S, there's people coming from the East End, the West End, and building that atmosphere beforehand. You get into the stadium before, an hour before the game now, it is actually starting to rock straight away. It never used to be like that until about 15 minutes beforehand. But it's from moments like this. And then can you just imagine what this guy is thinking when somebody jumps into his arms? Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh, that, yo, I'm in mean, there somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah. I didn't think I could love Saka anymore, and then I saw that clip, and I'm loving him even more now. Oh mate, honestly, I watched that, and I was like, I can't imagine if that was me. I think I'd have just grabbed him and said, "Come here, you beauty," and give him a lovely, lovely smack of right on his lips. <laughs> you got to be careful. It's two hundred million pounds you're holding there. Oh mate, yeah, unreal. In 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 there, um, I, Dan. I think you're somewhere around the middle, uh, just in front of Martinelli. Uh, in there, I, I did see on 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 video somewhere uh, that was you in there. And I, is it? Yeah, no, that's that one there. You're just where Odegaard is. You're in around there. I'm in there as well somewhere. I tell you, I've got bruises across the front of my chest. I took my shirt off to change to this shirt today. My wife said, "What happened to you?" I said, I was like, football love. It's just unreal. It's a passionate guy. It tells a massive story, that gathering there, because as, let's put it in, neutral football fans put there, is your likes of David Rayer, who hasn't played a minute for the club, and Emil Smith-Rowe particularly, who's got every right to be a bit fed up this year. And the substitutes that had come off, they're all in there. It's, we, we, we don't have a team now. We have a squad and we have a... It's obvious to see we have a very close-knit squad and that's got to be surely a massive part of, of, of what you need to win the league. Surely. I'm so happy with seeing that, you know? So happy with seeing it. And, and like we talked... Can I go back to the substitutions, mate? Because we've not... Yeah, yeah. Cool, not Jesus, been... That was a half hour ago. You, but you've been looking at your new Apple Watch, haven't you? No, I've... One we've not mentioned, right, who's going to become a, a, a bit of an unsung hero, I think, in this side, if he stays fit, is Tommy Asu, right? Because he keeps coming on and playing in different positions and coming on at different stages of a game and coming on when we're, when we're under a bit of pressure or when we're putting pressure on someone else. And he just gets on with it. And he don't, he don't really put a foot wrong for me, Tommy Asu. And with his versatility and with our... Some of our players getting prone to injury, like Zinchenko and Party, etc. 
he could become a massive part of the squad this year, Tommy Yasu. We keep him fit, we've got a player that can play three or four positions. And he deserves some praise, he really does. I think they all do, Trev. Uh, and I think we're, we're in a position now when we've actually got not just numbers, but quality in depth as well. And, you know, but, but there's a, there was a lot of reaction to not replacing Timber after his injury. But you've got to also take, keep in mind that there's a lot of players not playing already and they are top quality players that deserve to get minutes. So I'm not surprised that we haven't gone out and replaced him because there are players in that squad like a Tommy Asu that probably deserve more minutes. So, you know, you, you've got to say credit to, to the backroom staff and the, and the management team as well there. But yeah, it's just Martin important. Well, Nelson, Nelson uh, gave the like, the pre-pre-assist or whatever it was to, to Vieira's ball in and, and Nelson was followed up behind Jesus for the last goal on the 101st minute. It was brilliant. But you know another player, and we're talking about the squad and everything else, and Kev might even be able to say how important that is, Jorginho. Jorginho, he's won the Champions League as, as, as Havertz has with Chelsea. He's got the experience. He's won stuff. And he was turning around to us in the North Bank and screaming at us, get up, come on, let's go. And then as everybody came over for a throw-in, for a, a corner, anything on that corner, he was in their ear and going. <coughs> so it shows the importance of the squad. It shows the importance of the fans and the fan base getting behind and giving them the belief and the, the adrenaline, the rush to go forward from it. Um, yeah. You know, Jesus, we talk about his goals, 57 games. When he scores, we've lost none. Um, our record against Man United, uh, uh, six home games, we've not lost. We've won five of them, 3-1, 3-2, 3-1, and nil-nil. Uh, I think that was in lockdown. 2-0 um, and 2-0. Uh, you know, I said in the pre-video, it was 1988 to 1991, that era, the George Graham era, is the last time we won three in a row against Manchester United. Okay, Manchester United may not have been as, as a good of a, a player a, a team back then, but it just shows the importance of the defence. And we touched on George Graham's style of defence, and we can see that with the back four we've got in, 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 um, in the squad. Uh, it finished 3-1. Um, uh, and we can see the screens up there, and that was uh, direct from somebody in there. They didn't pan down and get a proper rifle, did they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I tell you what, let, let's have a look because uh, um, Trev is uh, is now getting uh, famous. I'm going to just refresh this, Trev. Let's see where where's where's that screen gone? What are you here. doing? I genuinely don't know what he's about to do here, guys. So you're now up to. Nearly 39,000 people have viewed your tats today. Fergus, right? Look at that body. Who wouldn't want to view that body, right? Symmetrical boobies, right? Quite firm. <laughs> Belly a bit stretched. Short and nearly hanging off my backside, right? Who wouldn't want to look at that, right? Hanging in the Louvre. By the way, while it's in my head, changing the... Get that off there a minute, because changing the subject completely, right? <laughs> Kevin Campbell, you're exactly right. I don't know if you boys saw it. In the first half, our corner kicks weren't getting past the, the near post, and it was so frustrating, so frustrating. And the moment we started getting them across towards the middle of the goal on the back post, we create chances. Sorry, I had to get away from that belly and boobies and change the subject quickly, boys. But, uh, you know, 
it, it, I, I love I love getting my tattoos out. Other people don't like it so much, but I'm an Arsenal fan and I'm a mad Arsenal fan. And I live for my football club and, you know, I've got tattoos. I'll show Trev, you the back. I think, I think, Trev, there's only one thing for you to do right now, mate. I think we no, need to see it live. No, I can't do it. Can't, Trev, Trev, no, 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 no. No, this, 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 this YouTube says made for kids. It's all right. <laughs> I can't do hey, that. Tom, Tom in Tampa Bay. He worrying me now. A few tattoos, and there is he's he's got to print off a picture, and he's got he's got to, he's probably you know what Tom, you could just get a picture of Trev's face and get that tattooed on your belly. <laughs> That's a huge uh, comment in there that uh, George Graham um, and and and. It, the, the squad could learn from from George Graham's hard work, and that's what did win the league. Uh, Trev, you were around and you witnessed um, the transformation of such a young squad. We've got a young squad right now. Um, how, how do you assimilate this squad to a George Graham squad? It was simple. George Graham did what Arteta is hoping to do. He took in an average side that hadn't won the league for many years, right? And and he, he turned them into winners. 89, we were fantastic. We won it in Liverpool. But I'm not just saying this because he's in the chat, right? You boys won't remember this. But the 91 side that won the league were absolutely fantastic. They would given they would have given our Invincibles a game. They would have been the first Invincibles 91 side, but and Kev will put me right if I'm wrong here, but we lost, we lost, I think it was one. Was the only game we lost, and we had we had so many injuries out, you know, so many injured players out, and we got turned over. Other than that, we went through the season unbeaten, and th I, that was right up there with one of the best Arsenal sides I've ever seen. And that was down to George Graham and his ethics. Um, if we do get Kevin on here, right, he's, I've been fortunate enough to have some chats with Kevin, and he's got some wonderful stories to tell. I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to go into it, but he told me one about when he got his first professional contract off of George Graham, right? And he had me in hysterics, absolute hysterics. So maybe if we can get Kevin on here, we can get him telling us a story or two because it's uh, it, it, it's hilarious to hear. It really is. What was hilarious is me and you trying to walk up Albert Park and that hill coming oh, out don't. is is a git. It's making me feel sick now just thinking about that, Hill. Here we go. <laughs> Beef Charmaine Declan Rice. Beef Charmaine Declan Rice. <laughs> oh, oh, Trevor, that hill is a fucker. Oh, my God. Why did we have to walk up? Oh, no, well, we had to walk up the hill because we're going to see too many We're, we're going to see my two brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've rang up, we pre-ordered, we have pre-ordered. We have some oh, humble pie. How much humble pie did you order? A dozen pieces. A dozen pieces and a pint of beer and uh, some custard. Absolutely. Well, because of my brothers, there's both of them. I've done two dozen portions of humble pie. And no, no, no custard, I'm going for ice cream and two beers. <laughs> so, listen, all joking aside, we definitely deserve to win that game, even in the uh, first half Listen, Ferg, right, mate. We bossed that from start to finish, mate. If it had been anything other than an Arsenal win, it would have been a travesty of justice. So proud of the boys. So proud of every player in the team. Just played so well. And the stadium was loud and the fans were fantastic. We can't ask for any more, mate. We, 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 we can. We can ask for better officiating. Anthony Taylor, I thought, was poor. Not all the time that uh, the fans were calling against him. But you see, I... from, from my opinion, for 
Officials like that, they don't deserve a mention, mate. It was awful again. He's making up rules. Watch the podcast on Monday because I've got to have a little rant about it. But he's making up rules as he goes along. What the hell? <laughs> no, about you, though. I, I didn't understand a word of that over all that pandemic <laughs> from you two. I'll tell you what, it was like two dogs shagging on ice, wasn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> listen, listen, oh. let's not go there with you two. I don't know like the head. It was a killer. Oh, it, was, it was just, um, I'll tell you what, though, boys, one more point. I know I keep changing the subject tonight, but it was it was such an exciting day yesterday. Now, where, I know I'm old and my hearing's not the best, but when the second goal went in from um, Declan, it was mental. But a couple of minutes later, when that third goal went in, that was the loudest I'd heard the Emirates. It actually hurt my ears. It really hurt my ears. It was that loud. I was so proud of, obviously proud of the players, but proud of them fans. If, if a player can't turn on his best performances when there's that kind of support for the team, then he's never going to perform because the, the, the fans undoubtedly played their part yesterday. They did. I'll tell you what. What's that? I know. It's the song. The song, as we can hear, the song went off really well. Going well, he ruins the night. You know what I mean? Ruins the night. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Listen, there was a a couple of other things as well. Salt, salty, salty United fans. Oh, Uh, Dan, you saw this and you you shared it with us. Go on, talk to me. I did because I saw I saw a couple of um there was a group of United fans and they looked like they'd just come out of Clapham was uh four little boss boys that have come to see United but um I had to reply and I had to send them that picture because it did make me laugh it was uh it's a it's a nice thing to see in it especially nice bit of fishing you did wasn't it Dan? it's Man United come on you can't forget I know they're crap now but uh that rivalry doesn't end it's so nice because they've been at, they've been at it for years. The most jumped up fans I've ever seen. All come. From did you game. did you send your tweet to me or not? I think I did. Let me have a look because I think it was no, you haven't actually. I think it was classic. This it's these little young lads, uh, uh, and they're, yeah, they're on their way day and they're going like you know at the Emirates, and you said something like. Yeah, you did all in the Stone Island. You're just going to get back to uh, Clapham, and you know, it was, it was, it was good. Just send it to you now, folks. Oh, have you? Right, okay, let's have a look. And they definitely yeah. nibbled, didn't they? They, they oh, yeah, yeah, a bit of a response, but yeah. That that tweet was great banter, weren't it? Because it wasn't abusive. It was, it was just no, funny, which is what we want to see. Banter. You know me, Trev. I'm not abusive. Oh, you are privately, aren't you? When you when you that's that. only a fog that doesn't count okay okay yeah, that's fine. actually there you go you can i can never read this with the black background i never understand that i i, I like the, the 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 lighter background it's just yeah it's my failing eyes it's my failing eyes listen we got done for the long piano intro uh version of um uh, dan got done. no <laughs> oh dan got done proper yeah um for uh, the the last game, but I tell you what, I, I did find, and I meant to play it the other week. It is a longer version. Um, no, don't can't do it. be longer than last week. Don't do it. Uh, just just play the normal one. Just play, don't do it. You know you're gonna. 
It's coming. It's coming. I'm That's the rail tickets from Madrid to Seville. We've been booking. We're on a European tour, Trev. Dan, me and you, me, us three in Madrid. That's that's not a recipe for disaster, is it? Can I get a bit of advice here, boys? Right? Can I get a bit of advice? Um, I've booked Seville. I've booked uh, PSV away. Now we play Lons on the third of October, right? And uh, we're meant to be moving out that week, right? So I said to the missus, "Well, you'll be all right. I've booked a removal company. You can move with them. I'll be in Lons watching the game." And she's got the ump, and I don't know. I think she's out of order, really, don't you? I mean, the removals may not help her out, won't they? Can, can I can I just say, Trev, um, you and Ferg have come up with some brilliant excuses the last couple of weeks since we've been chatting about it. But <laughs> October the 4th is my birthday. It's the day after the Lens game. And God, these two do not want to buy me a beer on my birthday. The, the, Matt, these things give you great I excuses. Know what a load of old cods. You two have come up with so many excuses. See, what, see what I mean? If my beautiful wife watches this, right, and I love her dearly, but do you know what you've done now, Donna? Can you see what you've done? You've upset our Dan, right? And I don't know if I can stand uh, for that. Hey, hey, don't, don't worry. I don't think Dan will be around for much longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rambo's going to get you. Rambo's going to get you. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, wow. Listen, we've got to talk very briefly, right? And I know we've gone well over here. but we've Yeah, got to we have way. Because the next game, right, is Everton away, right? <clears throat> And by God, we've been bad there the last two seasons. The worst performances we've had all season have both been at Everton. And surely we can't be that bad again. Surely we've got to turn up this time, haven't we? Eh? It'd be interesting to get Big Kev's view here because I know he's he's very attached to Everton as well as our great club. But surely we've got to turn up this time at Everton, haven't we? And uh, And get a result there. Well, the last time I went up there was uh, was for my birthday, and you know it was the Sean Dyche effect, new manager effect. Uh, as I said to you before, I think, and we, I don't want to go into the Everton game hugely because we'll do that probably next, next week. week uh, no, yeah. well, next week or the week after, the Monday after. We, I don't know what we're doing next week uh, if we're doing anything, but um, um, I, do, I I just think that um, the, you know the, the new manager effect and that bounce that they had with Sean Dyche and so on. Um, but it got them through that game. Yes, I think they they might have a bit of a hoodoo over us, but I think on this occasion, um, I think we got it. Uh, yes, we'll have European football and stuff starting back and so on, but I don't know, guys. Anything to end up on? Um, what are you going to do next weekend? And it's like boring football on. Danish national team. I'll be watching them and uh, playing against San Marino. Hey. Brilliant, brilliant game. Dan? Well, I'll uh, I'll be Googling all the places I'm going to visit when we're aboard on our European tour. I think that's what I'll be doing. Everywhere from uh, France, Spain, and then uh, back to the Dan, I think. I sent you a link for the um, uh, Bernabelt tour. It shuts at, it shuts at 7 o'clock on, on the Monday, so I didn't know if we got there about 5.30. We've got a cab from the hotel, 5, 5.30. You need minimum an hour. You need minimum an hour in there. It's the most amazing place. Yeah, I did the tour before, and it's it's a great great tour. But um, just really interested to see what it's like with the new show. Yeah, with the new with the new roof. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, Dan. And by the way, next Saturday when there's no Arsenal game, I will be watching either Boston United or Boston Town because I love going to support the local teams. Um, 
go and spend a few quid there. The, the money that I've saved him through not having to buy Dan a birthday drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you saved that, that this weekend as well. Um, I'll be watching probably um, Ireland play. We've got to play France. Uh, no more hand of frog, and we've got to play in Netherlands uh, in the European qualifier. So uh, I guess uh, we're going to lose. But hey, hey, but we got Ferguson, Ferguson, who will be at Arsenal next season, fingers crossed, uh, and he'll be, our, so. he'll be our he'll be our number nine, number nine. I'll just say, um, Tom, Tom in the chat's got a very, very good idea there. Um, you can have wireless transfers now for fun. So send it across, mate. I'll I'll, I'll buy your beer for you. I don't I don't think my phone does that. Is that a phone? I'll tell you what, son. Oh, you granddad. Spoons and I'll send you a beer, all right? <laughs> all right. Listen, I'm I've changed the lights green. It's Ireland next. There you go. The lights have changed the green in the background. Oh, disgusting. This is an Arsenal <laughs> podcast. Get that off. Listen, you have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Thank you, everybody in the chat. Arnie, all the regulars. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Really enjoyed it. We've had a lot of viewers uh, on Facebook and on YouTube. As we said, we'd love to get to um, a thousand subscribers. Uh, we're at nine hundred and roll the dice. Nine hundred and ten. Oh, we've gathered. We, one of you have clicked the button. Can a few more please click the button? We want to go to a thousand. Um, I've enjoyed this. I've had a great weekend. Uh, my voice and my body doesn't think so, but it was unreal. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank Bye. you. Uh, go on, go on. Thank you, Alex. Um, How we got to, on. I look forward to welcoming you over to London in a couple of weeks' time. Can't right. wait. Can't wait. Here he goes. How Here have we goes. got through it, eh? How have we got through it? I'm actually... Oh, take that background away. I'm actually sat on the toilet doing this, boys. I'm that bad. I'm that boring. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's, it, this has been a fantastic podcast. With beef chow mein and Declan Rice. <laughs> This man makes me smile every time he comments. We very much appreciate you, um, you um, commenting and watching, Kev. We re we genuinely do. And uh, everyone else, Fergus is going to say goodbye, but I have to say me a bit tonight. I've had a great weekend. This has topped it off very nicely. Bring on Everton. Bring on Everton. Up the Arsenal. Fuck the Spurs. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.